This is Alexander Grishuk and you're listening to the Full English Breakfast. This is episode number 34 of the Full English Breakfast. I'm Macaulay Peterson, and with me again and for the foreseeable future are International Master Lawrence Trent and Grandmaster Simon Williams. Hello. Good evening. On the show today, we're going to talk about an interesting incident involving the former women's world champion Ho Yifan that took place in Gibraltar in January, and Simon was an eyewitness. Plus, we'll have a chat about a new chess art phenomenon that you've probably seen in your Twitter feed. So to get us going, I wonder if you can just describe, Simon, what happened from your perspective as you watched it live. Yeah, sure. I mean, it was it was very crazy. I mean, I, I commentated at Gibraltar, as you, you guys know, the last seven years or so. And uh, we're watching the Women's World Champion, Ho Yifang. So she was there. She was playing, let me remind everyone, for £10,000. So this is for the female, one of the female prizes. And she had the white pieces. She was playing a grandmaster, but a player that she was outrating. And she started the game like a complete and utter beginner. It was shocking, you know. She's played one G4. We're watching her game and then she's gone F3. And I, I'm thinking she's either completely lost the plot or something very strange is going on. So it, it was very weird to watch. Very strange. So she plays one G4. Did you start looking at the theory of the grub? No, we didn't. No, I mean, the, it's quite well known that the only people in the world that play one G4 are a little bit insane. They're a little bit. They're a little bit mad. You know, you had. Uh, I think was it Bloodgord was this person in America who actually got the highest ever rating in America, and he got this in prison because he had killed his mum. And he was a big ad- adherent of playing one G four. Michael Basman in England, but it, it was just. It was very, very strange. I've never seen anything like it in my years upon years of commentating. All right. So then after the game it emerged that this was a protest. So let's break this down a little bit because here was basically uh, Ho Yifan's position. I should apologize to all the chess fans that uh, what I did towards this game. But, um, well, as you may notice that I've played seven women players out of nine rounds in this tournament start from very beginning. And it makes me feel quite upset and unhappy for this unbelievable and uh, weird pairings I'm I'm, I'm even talking to my friends like I'm making another history here again that uh, for playing so many women's players in an open tournament, probably the first uh, example came from the history. She has been trying to move away from playing women. She feels like she's demonstrated her dominance by winning three matches uh, against uh, Hompi Kanaru, Anna Ushenina, and Maria Muzichuk without losing a single game. So here she's playing in an open tournament with players like Topalov and Gelfan and Nakamura and Maxim Bashiragrav, and she gets paired against what was it? Seven out of ten I games. I think it was out of ten games. Yeah. So I think it was seven women out of ten. And uh, the only thing I can say about this really is that the draw is done by computer. A lot of people are saying, OK, there's only a 1% chance that happens. But when you've got something like 200 people playing the tournament, 1% chances will happen mathematically. It's going to happen to someone. The draw has been checked. It was done totally fairly. She was obviously very annoyed. And, you know, in 
her side of the argument. I like people in life with a bit of spice. And she showed, you know, she was a bit of a sort of anarchistic kind of point of view she had. But I don't know if it's the right thing to do, uh, personally. It, it, it was very strange. She perceived that there was some uh, manual adjustment to the pairings. But this, for me, begged two questions. One, she did apparently discuss it with the arbiter, who explained that it was automated and that, you know, at least denied this accusation. But the second one is, what would be the interest of the organizers in manipulating the pairings in this way? What would be their incentive? I, I can't think of one. I mean, you know, they would like to see uh, Hu Yifan playing uh, Gelfin and Nakamura as much as she would, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's very strange. I mean, Loz, you, you were watching this happen as well. Of course, yeah. My opinion on the matter is actually pretty clear. I think on reflection, the evidence is very much in favor of the organizers, uh, the tournament itself. This was a purely freak accident statistically that she was to play so many women players and it was not some kind of conspiracy against her and quite simply I think when she looks back on it she'll regret what she did especially if she doesn't get another invite to such a prestigious tournament which I think the organisers have got every right to do quite simply if she wishes to protest I think there are other ways to do it for example if she was very unhappy, perhaps she shouldn't have just attended the game. But actually throwing the full point in such a fashion, not only is it, in my opinion, the wrong way to protest, but it actually affects the tournament standings and it affects livelihoods directly because this is a huge amount of money that they're playing for. If we take any other sport, let's take snooker. Yeah. Let's take, well, I mean, snooker, you could say as a sport, but any other sport, if someone throws a game in any other sport when they're in that game, they will have severe sanctions put against them. Yeah, there would be. Because as you said, it affects everyone. It affects affects so many things. And, you know, even things like match fixing, you know, thankfully, I don't think anything like that happened at all. But were you able to bet on this game? I don't know if there were any betting sites that allowed you to bet on this but clearly if there was a lot of action of betting on this game then that would arouse all kinds of suspicions and conspiracies that didn't happen but the bottom line is I think she'll regret doing it like this Um, but I do want to also say that the tournament in Gibraltar is a very very special tournament for many reasons but the one big feature for me is the fact that they have got such an emphasis on encouraging female players to play chess not only at the top level throughout if you see the number of female participants in that tournament there is nothing that can come close in terms of an open tournament with men and women both playing and that makes Hoi Fan's story a bit more sad in my opinion because her actions were at odds really with the whole philosophy of the tournament. Yeah, in fact, the preponderance of female players is precisely why it was possible for this freak occurrence, this is called occurrence, to occur. It was yeah. whether it was one in a yeah. hundred or one in a thousand. I think chance. it was more than that. Yeah. I think it was one in many, many thousands. But, but, but you know, but you know what? These freak things statistically happen, and it would have been more. Of it would have been more statistically and incorrupt. Should we say corrupt? If they hadn't appeared her against this amount of women, because they did it properly. If they manually intervened the other way. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And pe- people. People do win the lottery, even though the lottery is one in, you know, whatever. This, these things happen in life. And for all the people out there who are these conspiracy theory obsessed people, the tournament had nothing to gain by upsetting Ho Yi Fan. Why would they? She's a women's world champion. She's a fantastic role model. You know, all the evidence and logic points to the fact that this was just one of those 
outliers or freak occurrences statistically. And I think we just have to learn from this and, and then talk about the real point here, which is how should one protest in chess? You know, I think she did have a moment of insanity. And we have to remember how what a great champion and role model she has been up to this one point in time. And they say all publicity is good publicity, but it was it was bad and it was very debatable for the tournament. Well, real so, quickly, just break it down for me. What's the difference between forfeiting the game and coming and playing some nonsense moves as she did? You know, it just it just puts a bad angle on the game. If you don't turn up, you're making a stand. But if you turn up and play some nonsense, you're just making you're making a mockery of the game in some respects. So you know that that'd be my well, point. It, this this actually is in the in the ethics guidelines from from FIDE, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so the rules of chess are, are have some provisions about not bringing the game into disrepute. So could could she even be brought up before the ethics commission? I wonder. I think so. I think so. Um, I I won't. I wouldn't want to see that happen. Particularly because she's been a fantastic role model and she's done wonders for women's chess. Yeah, I mean, I think what, another problem is, you know, these people who do all these great things throughout their life, they, you know, everyone has a, a moment of madness, as we all know, yes. including myself. Yes. But um, we shouldn't just You've remember. You've had various, that, by the way. Yeah, more than a moment. Moments. More than a but, moment. Yeah. <laughs> but we shouldn't. We shouldn't <laughs> just think of someone for those moments. We should remember all the all the brilliant stuff they've done and think of the positive rather than negative. And we must do that with Ho Yifang. Well, it might also matter whether anyone else was harmed by her actions. Uh, I mean, I remember at the time, according to Brian Callahan, it didn't really have a material consequence in terms of the standings, except for hurting her own standings, of course. Yeah, but that's something that could not be predetermined, right? You know, it hurt her standings, but who knows if somebody else jumped above her, had she won or lost, and so on and well, so forth. we've got to remember that she did throw away 10,000 because she had white. Yeah. You know, she was playing for 10,000 pounds. So this protest costed 10,000 pounds. At least, yeah. So at least, yeah, you know, it was a it was an expensive protest. But as I say, we need to see this particular case with a bit of empathy. I think really what she needs is somebody who she respects dearly to to talk to her about it as well, just to have some actual. She needs a Lawrence. She needs a Lawrence. She needs she, maybe she does need uh, some management in that sense because I can tell you. Oh, I can see a job coming up. Well, I tell you what, if I, I tell you, if Fabiano had done something like that. I would have had very stern words with him. Sure. I can tell you Fabiano is the most honest of the top players I've met in terms of uh, integrity when it comes to playing. You know, this is a guy who has never had a quick draw in his life. Can you believe that? This is a guy who rarely halves out unless it's a repetition. I'm talking about, you know, the draws that you agree on really, really quickly. Never done any of that. He is a stand-up guy when it comes to playing. We've always been on the lookout for fun, new chess-related ideas, um, especially anything that doesn't directly have to do with the competition itself, because there's so much drama and there's so much interesting personalities around the game. And uh, really, one of the, the new standouts in recent months has been uh, this fellow on Instagram and Twitter, Anton Squared Me. His real name is Dan Holcomb. He lives in Minnesota in the States, and... He does these terrific Photoshop mashups about chess. I was curious to learn more about him, so I got in touch, and he said that he doesn't use Photoshop for work, and he would only say that he has, quote, an office job that I hate. Well, Simon, I understand you, you've actually gotten to know uh, Anton a little bit. 
Who's Anton? I, I, I've, I've absolutely no idea. I mean, if, if anyone at home wants to see this guy's, like, I'd say artwork, his pictures are absolutely brilliant. And he's only got, I believe, something, you know, not quite a thousand followers on Twitter. You can find him on other places as well, but Twitter's where I look at his art. And they, they his art basically involves chess players doing strange things. And it's really funny. It's really worth checked out. And I mean, one of the ones that I thought was the funniest, he... Got a picture of Bobby Fischer, and this was when Bobby Fischer was playing for the World Championships, preparing for the World Championships in like early 70s. In this picture, I think he imposed this sort of super new computer and copies of books that have come out recently in the last couple of years, you know. So it looked like Bobby Fischer had technology from modern times. The thing that was really amusing was the amount of comments he got. So many gullible people tuned in and said, that's not that's not Fisher. He can't have that computer. I mean, what's he doing? What's he doing with the latest version of Chess Space? And it was just unbelievable. And it, it reminds me of another very funny story. Um, and this was, was this sort of craze going on. Uh, John Nunn kind of started this this craze of chess books, and they were like the secrets of rookless endings, the secrets of peaceless endings. And then someone for a joke made this advert for one of the chess magazines and it was advertising a chess book and the title of this chess book was The Secrets of Peaceless and Pawnless Endings. <laughs> so if you kind of think about that, well, that's an empty board. And uh, they were taking pre-orders and they got something like 100 pre-orders for this uh, for this chess book. And it just shows you that some people in chess will buy anything. You know, chess books, they just want to put it on their shelf. And I just thought that was quite funny. But it was, again, he, he does great stuff, Dan. Well worth checking out. Well, you mentioned Fisher with a modern computer. Uh, he's also got the similar idea in reverse. There's Maxime Vachier-Legrave uh, studying with a 1960s era a computer and a bunch of people gathered around this this machine and the chessboard, which is was it looks quite realistic. I mean, that's they're they're really quite impressive. Uh, some of them are just silly. You've got uh, Godzilla attacking the uh, the chess piece in the Tata Steel chess background from Vikings A. Uh, you've got uh, Sopiko Gurmashvili, uh, uh, you know, giving a laser pointer to her husband, a little Indian uh, symbolic dot on his forehead. <laughs> Um, which is which I thought was funny, and and uh, and then Hikaru Nakamura going over to the dark side in London by standing, looking kind of sulky, like uh, like Anakin Skywalker flanked by uh, stormtroopers. I think Loz, he's, he's even done some stuff with you, and he's taken your picture and uh, warped you about a little bit. Is that right? Yeah, he definitely has some completely random ones, but I find his stuff hilarious. I think it's great. I think it adds some much needed humor as well. Oh, t- to totally this. agree. Totally and more importantly, it does add a bit of character to the whole chess reporting thing because it is a very serious game and it is a very intense game. Um, and a bit of levity is always very much welcome, in my opinion. Got a lot of time on his hands. Hey, I don't know what he does for a living, but, you know, <laughs> to be able to do this, he's got a lot of time on his hands, but that's fine. He certainly has, yeah. I um, mean, at, least he's, at least he's using it in a good way, eh? So, exactly. And, 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 you know, there are, I, I saw some people's you know, getting very uptight, you know, and offended and just, just back off, just see it for what it is. It's in good faith. It's not malicious in any way. All the top players who are being featured in his photoshopping are laughing their heads off at this. And I think it's uh, it's very welcome for chess. Totally agree. We, we need a bit of light-hearted banter in chess, don't we? I mean, yeah. it's a very serious game. We Absolutely. need to chill out and just have a laugh occasionally. 
you can learn a little more about Dan and see a lot of examples of his work at the article that I wrote for Chess24 earlier this week. It's called Anton Squared Me, Agent of Chaos, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes for this episode, as well as on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the FEB. Once again, thanks to Grandmaster Simon Williams. Uh, tell us about Ginger GM real quick before we go. Um, yeah, we, we make chess DVDs, also do a lot of free stuff just um, on YouTube channel. You know, check that out. Got a Facebook page. There's only two of us working, so compared to the likes of, you know, Chess24, Chess.com, it's a small small company, but I think we do good stuff and, uh, yeah, working in chess. Very lucky to be able to do that. So, yeah, check it out. International Master Lawrence Trent, what have you got coming up down the pike? Uh, watch this space is basically what I've got to say uh, follow me on Twitter details will be revealed soon I'm involved in a very interesting project also check me out doing bits and bobs such as commentary for the Pro Chess League on chess.com and there might be some other things I'm doing also for Chess24 in the very near future so just yeah just keep keep me on your Twitter feed and uh, all will be revealed okay very mysterious <laughs> Well, you can support the show by uh, leaving us a positive review on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud and Stitcher. And you can also support the show directly by becoming a patron. You can find a link to that on our website, thefeb.com. Lawrence, you know that throughout the years when we've gone to tournaments, you still have people even years later coming up to us and talking about how much they enjoyed the show and uh, would like to see it back, right? It's been amazing. I mean, I get messages from time to time from people just saying hey, we missed the full English breakfast, where is it? And I've always said, well, we hope to bring it back soon. And for whatever reason, the timing didn't work out. So now that we've got it back up and running with Simon, you know, it's just great. And I hope that we can provide a service to chess by doing this podcast, by not only providing some entertainment, but actually bringing up some important discussions. And I'm sure we'll have some more lighthearted topics that we'll talk about as well in the future where we can let ourselves go a bit more. I'm sure we can be a little bit more controversial in the future, but it's only my first couple of, you know, podcasts. I've got to make sure you guys don't sack me straight away. There you go. International Master Lawrence Trent and Grandmaster Stephen Gordon. I can't believe I just said Stephen Gordon.